0: Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, rounding up the best of Bailiwick Sport every Thursday. Uh, Coming up this week, we speak to Netball's long-awaited new development officer, Amy Fallais, joins us to talk about her aims for the role and to look ahead to the new domestic season. We'll also hear from one of the Raiders' summer recruits, Charlie Davis, who's fresh from helping them land their first win of the National 2 season. And there's an interview with triathlete Josh Lewis, who heads to Jersey this weekend to take on the best in the world at Super League Triathlon, having just secured his best result of the year. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr. With me today is Rob Batiste. Hi. Jamie Ingle. Hello. And Gareth Bravo. Hi, Tony. Great to see you guys. Uh, let's start with a little look back at what's been happening and get some picks of the week, uh, Rob, what's caught your eye or ear this week?
1: It's the latter. Um, there's, I was having a relaxing few moments earlier this week at home when suddenly the phone went. Strange number. Picked it up. Hello, hello. Is that Rob? Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I reply, Kev, Kev, and I'm thinking, Kev. Uh, Kev Graham, and yes, it was our good old friend, Kevin Graham, former Marathi coach, St. Martin's defender, Tix defender, briefly, for a couple of seasons, and all-round good friend of Guernsey Sport, um, phoning me from his car as he's driving through the Sierra Nevada in Spain. So that was a first for for me, and um, for him, probably. Um, no, it was great to hear Kevin, who he was congr- phoning us to congratulate um, the team on the podcast and the interview with Colin Fallis, and he was <laughs> particularly interested in the um, in the Colin Fallis revelation about and his thoughts about um, Tix's role in creating GFC. Because obviously Kevin was a, a major player in that. Was was drawn away from St Martins, his beloved St Martins, to join join Tix and in something which was pretty exciting for Guernsey sport at the time but did irk big foul no end <laughs> and, and as kevin reminded me colin regularly um was in his ear about the the, the t- ticks um situation for some time but um anyway it was good to hear from kevin he follows um guernsey sport avidly and um it's great just great to hear them uh, somebody who's done so much for local sport
0: yeah always has something interesting to say and always uh, a useful and individual contribution on Twitter so great, uh, great to, to see Kev following things so closely from over there I'm sure in the, uh, the nice and he's obviously sun. doing
1: very well for himself so he's now got two homes <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well keep listening Kev uh, and if you missed that interview with Colin Fale's, um yeah check back on uh, Monday's football show where he told us all about the new role
2: at Rangers uh, Jamie what's your pick of the week um Certainly in domestic terms, it was seeing Ireland Games champion sprinter Joe Chadwick back in action. Um, I make that his first race in 19 months, actually. Obviously, he's been in the UK for a decent amount of time. He's struggled with injury uh He's quite openly admitted there have been some mental health issues due to COVID. But with all that going on in the background, he comes back, does a 21.77 for 200 metres. That was having actually had a visible hamstring twinge halfway through the race. And I think there's definitely a lot more to come from him if he sticks at it.
0: Well, that's really great to see. Uh, You know, Joe uh, flew out the block, Sydney in Gibraltar um, and sort of uh, set the standard. He thought, well, you know, come Island Games... This year, I suppose it would have been at the time. Um, you know, there would have been high hopes for him. So it's yes, good to see him sort of on the way back. Then, with I suppose two years, uh, you know, on on the mind.
2: Yeah, of course. I think he has got another personal aim, which is to beat the island two hundred meter record held by Tom Druce. That is a twenty one point three two. Obviously, as sprinters will know, it's a bit of a gap to get there. But I think, given what he's shown, given the fact he's nineteen and can still develop. Yeah, we'll have to see.
3: Yeah, great stuff. Uh, Gareth? Yeah, a bit of a sort of a, a double whammy, really, Tony, from last Saturday. It was a lovely sunny afternoon at Foots Lane as we started the, the hockey season. So um, Indies were relatively impressive on, their, um, on the start of their title defence. They won 4-0 against casuals, a couple of very good goals, but I think there was still some rustiness in both sides. Um, but also sort of while we were there watching, um, Martin Gray was there taking a few pitches for us as well. And obviously Martin's very into his uh, rugby as well. And sort of trying to watch hockey while also keeping track of what was going on on Twitter with rugby and sort of finding out that Raiders had had beaten Rochford um, away from home. It was was just a nice highlight of the afternoon. Sort of at halftime in the hockey, there's me and Martin shouting across people in the stand saying, Raiders have won, Raiders have won. So um, that was a good afternoon, that one. Yeah, awesome to see. Uh, Yeah, Rochford, a team they had a bit of a sort of ding dong battle with in the. Yeah, uh, Rochford um, beat us. The only side who had beaten us in the uh, London and South East Premier two seasons ago. Um, they beat us both home and away. But when, the, when COVID hit, we were uh, ahead of them in the league. We were first place in the league. Um, COVID halted the season and then the, the RFU got their calculators out and somehow deciphered that uh, Rochford would go up as champions while we went up in second place, which I don't think the Raiders were particularly happy about. I mean, I think Jordan Reynolds at the time did say, we'll take it, we're promoted. That, that's sort of what the aim was. Um, and as much as he tried to downplay last weekend, I think they came away with a nice taste of revenge in their mouth of having beaten Rochford.
0: Yeah, 42-24 the win. So pretty convincing bonus point victory. Um, you went down to training on Tuesday night ahead of their game. Uh, was another trip, is it, this weekend to Dings uh, for the Raiders and spoke to uh, yeah one of the new faces in the Raiders lineup,
3: Charlie Davis, about those first two games, including that big win at Rochford. So obviously you're now two games in, yeah. one one loss, one win, and you sort of assess the, the two performances so far. Well, I think the first game against Worthing, there was sort of uh,
4: obviously everyone very eager to get out there after yeah. so long off, mm-hmm. um, uh, and it showed with the amount of sort of silly mistakes we made. Yeah. I felt mm-hmm. like we rectified a lot of those last week, far fewer mistakes, mm-hmm. far more um, continuity as a team, and mm-hmm. sort of it showed in our performance. Um, yes. Managed to get a good win, so after two games, I think sort of we're pretty happy with where we are. Still, some stuff to improve on, but yeah, sure. Confident
3: we'll yeah. get better and better each week. Yeah, I mean, like Jordan said after the sort of the first game, do you, as players, do you feel like it is a case of sort of learning on the go because because of the strange situation with the COVID thing? Right? Yeah,
4: yeah, there definitely is a little bit of that. There's a lot of lot of new players in the squads yeah. this year, so sort of just getting to know your teammates, building that sort of building that chemistry with um, yeah. with the people you're playing with. Um, exactly, I think that just builds in week in week out. We go do is sort of train hard Tuesdays and Thursdays, and
3: hopefully you can sort of show it on the pitch. Yeah, sure. Did you, as a group, take confidence from the second half of Worthing? Because obviously we were sort of 16 0 down at half time, yeah. which I still think is understandable with yeah. sort of yeah. rustiness. Yeah. Yeah, be, exactly. Did you take confidence of that second half? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at these sort of,
4: obviously you can't always look at 40 minute performances, mm-hmm. but you know, we, we ended up winning the second half. Yeah. Um, so that definitely sort of was a good end to build us into last week's training. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were very key on sort of making sure we didn't have that same mistake against Rochford, yeah. Um and making sure we start well exactly so we're not. We're not chasing the game after after 40 minutes. Sure. Um, so yeah, confidence was was definitely gained from the Werving game. Um, but yeah, in the future we've got to look for
3: for 80 minute performances. Yeah, even more confident now after sort of a win. Yeah, though, exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Were you told about the the sort of rivalry with Rochford going into that game, or what happened with with Rochford and going? <Goerns2> well, last time? so I'm obviously new this year, <laughs> yeah. so I, I didn't
4: play them um, yeah. the last time. But no, exactly. Geordie was very sort of you know they beat us home and away. Yeah. Um, Season four, yeah. um, and yet we finished so, above them,
3: and yet yeah, champions. yeah, that was yeah always exactly.
4: <laughs> so, so, so there was uh, obviously I, I, there wasn't too much focus on it. you yeah. know sort of thinking about the past, but yeah. there was definitely, I imagine, in the back of a lot of people's minds, that it was it was important to sort of get one back of them after yeah. after a couple of years ago. Yeah.
3: Um, so far, own performances, sort of relatively happy with how you've gone. Cause, I mean, you you sort of lined up on the wing first game, yeah. and fullback second time around. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been pretty
4: happy. Obviously, first game, sort of you know. First game, first game for a while, sort of a little bit, sort of a bit rusty. Um, yeah. Definitely some areas I can improve on. Felt like I played better in the second game, sure. um, as they've won. So yeah, for me it's just sort of trying to improve my own game each week and. Yeah. Yeah. See, see where I can go from there. Nice getting on the school sheet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's always. always nice. I'm not sure how many I'll get this season. So
3: it's <laughs> always take them. Nice, nice to start out. early on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how are you sort of gelling with it? certainly with the with the back line as well at the moment.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I, I live with a couple of the uh, couple of the boys in the, in, yeah. in the back line, which is good. That um, they were they were very welcoming. I've had. I've been on the island for about, seven, well, about six weeks now, um, okay, yeah. and sort of yeah, and loving it at the moment. All the guys are nice. Sort of nice to be able to have a, have a few drinks them on a Saturday. Sort of get to know them even better. So, yeah, sure. yeah, it's uh, fun.
3: What sort of brought you to Guernsey in the first place? Well, Geordie got in,
4: in contact with me. I yeah. sort of just finished university rugby, had a year of doing doing not much with uh, not with much restrictions people. exactly, <laughs> um, yeah. and just sort of a, a, a different a different challenge. Yeah. Um, getting a little bit sort of a little bit bored up mm-hmm. over in England and thought, yeah, different
3: challenge, get myself back into some rugby. In terms of, sort of just your rugby background then, so have you sort of come here literally straight off playing university rugby? Uh,
4: so I played university rugby. I played I played a little bit with, I was at Exeter University. Yeah. Um, so I had a loose affiliation with the Exeter Chiefs. Um, I was briefly with Gloucester Rugby for just a couple of months training yeah. um, at the end of last year, just sort of post, as rugby was getting back after, after coronavirus. Yeah. Um, and then had a couple
3: of months off. Um, and then luckily this opportunity came about, so... Mm-hmm. not how is it sold to you but when you sort of like speak to Geordie, what does he say the club are hoping to achieve sort of thing well I think there's very much sort of um, there's sort
4: of optimism with also being realistic we obviously got promoted recently promoted we want to sort of be pushing for you know the highest spot we can in this league and I think that's definitely possible with the squad we've got Um, there's been a lot of recruitment that's gone on this year Um, you look at a Worthing that are sort of a very good side in this league and you know on a different day, that could have gone our way. Yeah. R- 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 Ruchford are no bad side, and we managed to sort of put 40 points by them. So I mean there's a lot of confidence in this in, in this squad. We know that we have the potential to beat any team in this league, hmm. um, and it's just taking it you know, one week at a time. and
3: yeah, i was see where the, the year. <laughs> yeah, sure, I was going to mention. I mean, because Geordie reckons sort of after the first week, he, he imagined Worthing would probably be a top six side. Yeah, that's sort all of the impression. Yeah I, th-
4: yeah, I think so. We, yeah. we we expect Worthing to be a top six side. So you know, the fact that we were you know we were close and and we definitely could have come away with that game with a win. Yeah. Um, definitely gave us that confidence, even though it was disappointing not to get the win. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think there's there's no there's a lot of confidence in, the, in this team that you know we could easily be a top six side yeah. if if not higher. Um, particularly with the start we've got, you know, four-way games on, on the bounce. So oh, yeah. if, if we can sort of get through that with, with hopefully a few wins under our belt, yes. get into some home games where, where we know we've got
0: an advantage. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows to get every episode delivered straight to you. Uh, Now, it's been a long time coming, but netball finally has its own development officer. It's a sport going through a fair amount of change off the court at the moment. And Amy Fallais is the first person to hold that title. Is going to have a big role, I'm sure, in how it develops on it. And I'm pleased to say Amy joins us now. Welcome to the pod
5: hi thanks for having me on
0: yeah thanks for coming in I mean first of all how's it going so far
5: yeah really good thank you it's um there's a lot to do um and but it's really exciting I think as you said there's a lot of changes happening and so it's actually a really good time to come on board with all of that and see where I can kind of help those changes to progress but yeah I think I'm about a month in now Um, so it's been a lot of admin and things to get started um, but I've been getting in touch with some of the schools now and starting to go into a few schools um, which is quite fun to kind of um, get to see the kids in those kind of lunchtime clubs and things. So I'm hoping to do a lot more of that over the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Just We were talking about it before. Just give us a, a flavour of your kind of history in the sport and, and and sort of what's brought you to this point.
5: Yeah, OK. So started playing netball in primary school. remember being really excited to kind of hit year five so that I could join the netball team and the netball club and that kind of thing. And then from there onwards, kind of start getting involved with club netball and the island set up. And then I think kind of have been involved right away from under 12s kind of level. Um, And then was really lucky to be at that that right kind of age when Panthers were starting to be set up, that I could go away and play in the Panthers team um, in those games in the UK. Um, A lot of kind of weekends spent away at fixtures and stuff, which was quite cool. And then when it kind of got to the time where I was looking at universities and where I wanted to go, a big thing that helped me to choose where I wanted to go was just looking at where's going to be really good for netball and where's going to help me kind of further that. Um, And that's why I was really keen to to look at University of Bath and that's where I ended up going, um, studying psychology. Um, But managed to do a lot of netball um, whilst I was out there massive massive netball setup and really cool to be somewhere like bath where you've got a huge sports training village you've got all the super league players coming in you know on a daily basis for their training and it was really great experience to be part of that and then now kind of graduated two years ago and have come back here and it's really really nice to be back in the netball setup over here I really missed it Um, and it's really exciting to be kind of playing with a lot of the same people that I've played with for many many years um, so it's nice to be back.
0: Yeah fantastic as I say you know it has been a long time coming I know people in the sport of netball have said you know why haven't we got a development officer for, for many a year have you got have a lot of people said at last you know we're, we're so excited to have someone kind of whose responsibility is just to drive it forward.
5: Yeah it's been really nice actually everyone's been really positive and just really pleased I think to see someone in that role and it's really nice for me because like I said I've got a lot of those connections within Guernsey Netball already. I think it's nice for people that it's a familiar face coming into that role. Um, so, yeah, it's been really nice kind of to get everyone's support so far.
1: What do you think is the biggest task you face in, in taking on this job?
5: OK, for me, start point is just getting my head around everything and figuring out what it is that we've got currently. Then I think kind of going forward, it's, it's bringing everyone together a little bit. I think we've got loads of great netball stuff going on, but it's kind of... know some really great individuals that are driving it and I'd love to kind of bring that all together a little bit more I think so that we can everyone can benefit from the good stuff that's going on so maybe there's one club that's got some really good ideas maybe we can kind of get people together and share those across so that everyone's benefiting and that kind of goes across the board like with the schools it's making sure that across the board everyone's got the support they need so that you don't just maybe get one or two areas that are doing it really well we can get everyone um, kind of on board and to that same kind of level so that everyone's kind of first netball experiences are really, really positive. Um, that's something that I really want to work on. So, yeah, kind of bringing everyone together, um, especially with the seasons that we've had being interrupted by COVID, it'd be great to hook back in and just start this season really fresh, I think.
1: It must be encouraging for you to see that the college, Elizabeth College, have actually... Yeah. started playing netball after 400 years plus you know? yeah that's
5: brilliant I saw that in the press <laughs> yeah. actually and the netball yeah. courts look really great there I think they've got an all-weather surface um not actually kind of set foot on it yet myself but I'm excited to kind of get out there and see yeah
1: how do you think um schools uh, what their role play going forward is because um, obviously netball has always been a big sport in Guernsey for, for girls but um, is it do you think as important in the sporting curriculum than it always has been or do you think it's been diminished over the time
5: so I think for me it's netball's already happening in schools you know like you said it's part of the curriculum and it's just looking at how it's being done currently and, and where we can maybe fill in some of those gaps whether it's putting on extra training or um, offering extra support with different sessions I think it's always been quite a key thing especially for girls it's been one of those sports that is probably one of the first ones that girls get introduced to at school um, and I actually think that's why it's really really important to make sure that we're making that a positive experience to begin with because you will see kind of as girls get into their teenage years, there is a lot of drop-off in sports participation, and I think netball can be a really good way of keeping people involved. Obviously, it's really great that we've got a really growing mixed netball scene and men's netball scene, and I really want to support that because I think it's a great way to see netball um, develop and thrive on the island. But I also want to make sure that we're really pushing those opportunities to keep girls involved in sports as well. And whether they go on to play netball or they go on to play other sports, so, you know, I'm now playing rugby... But that's because I had a really solid foundation of netball that I think has given me a lot of the kind of sports skills and confidence and experience to go on and do those other sports. So I think netball is really important in in that school scenario, not necessarily just to make netball players, but to make sports people kind of lifelong.
1: What What do you think about um, the situation between us in Jersey? Historically, and your father will tell, us, will tell, tell you this, you know, Guernsey Jersey is always been key but of course their numbers in population have grown you know extensively over the years and um, certainly in netball terms we've in senior senior side of things we've sort of fallen back quite a bit because they are very very aggressive and very professional down the deuce is it a key or um, a big thing in your own thinking about raising the standards and actually targeting jersey or or are you thinking more sort out the domestic game?
5: Yeah, so obviously the Jersey game is always going to be an amazing fixture in the netball calendar. Absolutely love those intervincial days. And as long as I can remember playing, Jersey have always had a very, very strong team. Mm. I think we can probably learn a lot from what their pathway setup is there. I'd really like to you know, speak to some people from Jersey netball, and I'm definitely going to um, make a point of going out and making those connections because they're obviously doing something right because they've got historically very strong netball teams coming right the way through the ages and that is something that I'd like to be able to um, support and develop over here and making sure that it's all the way through the age groups that you've then got people coming through into those senior teams but at the same time that's not the only netball that you play all year there's so many other things and for me it's about finding opportunities for people to get involved in netball at any level whatever that is for them and whatever it is that suits them and for some people those kind of big games out against Jersey isn't what's going to be for them. It's not what's going to get them excited. For me, I love it. Um, But I also really enjoy playing in the summer league, playing socially. And um, I want to make sure that I put all of that into the picture. And I think that's why coming up with a development plan is going to be really important for me because that means that everything I'm doing um, kind of comes back to that. And then we have our different pathways. We've got kind of the performance pathway and then you've got your goals within that, which might be really competitive netball against Jersey, but then also having a competitive league um, whenever we get back into going into the UK league. From what
2: I've heard, we've actually had quite a few like recruitments at a similar time for Guernsey netball. And like, we'll have a few different people on the roster next season. I understand Jeremy Thrift is coming in as a performance director type role. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just wondering what their vision is for how you're going to cooperate with him, obviously with... Performance presumably being part of your aims.
5: Yeah, Um, so it's really brilliant to have Jeremy on the board. I think we've had a few kind of restructures in the board and it would be nice now that we've got those people in place to kind of push forward with the different plans that we've got. One of those streams obviously being the performance side of things. Obviously Panthers, um, in terms of the UK competition, South Region isn't happening this year for us. We've not kind of entered. But I think we still want to make sure that we're keeping that performance element. Jeremy and um, Heidi have been working together um, on the Super League. Mm-hmm. So you guys probably heard it mentioned a little bit and we've been looking for people to express interest. I think we've had about 36 people that have expressed an interest in taking part. Basically what that is, is an opportunity for island like, level representative players to have some really competitive netball matches when we're not able to get off to the UK. And it's getting people to mix together from all the different clubs. Um, and be able to kind of play alongside one another, which then looking ahead to Interinchless is going to be a really positive thing because you've had everyone gelling and playing together, you know, for the, fu- for the few months leading up to that. Um, so that will be a part of the kind of performance pathway setup.
2: Just from a personal perspective, as an established island player who's been around a while... Are you going to be using a Super League to aid your own development as a player?
5: Yeah, massively. I've I've signed up um, and I'm really excited to get to play alongside some different people. I think it's quite exciting to do something a little bit different. Um, And yeah, hopefully everyone else that's signed up will really enjoy it as well.
0: And, yeah, we've got the start of the new season on Tuesday. Um, yeah, how excited are you about that? Obviously, as you said before, you know, no off-island competition as, as it stands at the moment. Um, but, yeah, how much enthusiasm and excitement is there around for the, for the start of the new domestic season?
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Obviously, like I said, last season was a little bit interrupted by COVID, so it would be really nice to hopefully have a full season um, this year. Um, I play for Shields and Rutland Blaze, so for me, that's the team that I've played for for years and we're all really good friends and it's just nice to be stepping back on court with people we've had two training sessions so far and I've come away with massive smile on my face and I know a lot of the other girls have as well so it's just nice to be back in that environment um and yeah in terms of some of the other teams I think there's um people kind of coming back into the netball league there's a few people that have moved off islands so there is going to be a little bit of change in some of the teams which is exciting it means it it kind of keeps it fresh So I'm definitely looking forward to getting started. Well,
0: how do you see it shaping up at the top of the table then?
5: Yeah. um, So obviously we always have really um, competitive games. I think this season in terms of Prem, there's um, two teams from Shields and Rutland Blaze. Then I think there's two teams in the Prem from the Specsavers teams. And I think we've got two Resolution IT teams. And there's a lot of strength across all of those teams. Um, And I think we'll see a lot of competitive games, obviously for us it's always a really great run out against the Rez's teams um, but I actually think across the board there's going to be real um, strength in all of those teams and it won't be until we play all of those first matches that I think we'll be able to suss out um, how it's going to shape up but I'm also hoping now that it's you know netball is my job um, it would be really nice to be able to get out to all of the fixtures pop along to some of the other divisions and just Um, see those teams and and see who's about and who's playing and get to know everyone a little bit more because sometimes with how it's set up with netball and we play between quite a few different venues you don't always get to see all the other teams you don't necessarily hang around to watch those games and I'd quite like to encourage a little bit more of a culture of that in netball where you might go up a bit early to watch one of the other games or you stay on obviously playing across three venues it's not ideal for that and maybe long-term goals if we had a netball venue that would be really cool because people could rock up and there'd be all sorts of netball going on.
1: You mentioned venue there I mean do you think it's been a big drawback on Guernsey netball that there isn't a place we can go which is ideal week in week out you know historically yeah. it was always cold courts and windy courts and beaux yeah, yeah. with a post swaying in a 4-7 and then you go if you can get in Zorz at beaux en you know, you, you, you were able to... You, you, you took that opportunity, and now, of course, you went in the schools, but it, it hasn't had a home, has it?
5: No, it hasn't, and I think it's a real shame, and I think if you look at um, participation numbers, netball's a massive sport um, on the island, and we, we don't have that central hub. Um, I think it would be really nice long-term. I don't know exactly how that might look, but... Um, and obviously, Beauziers is great. So we've had, when we have interinsular days or really big um, Panthers games or whatever, it's really great to have Beauziers, and that's really cool. But you take up all three of the sports halls. You've got to get out seating, especially. It's not really the ideal setup, and you've got so many different colour lines going on. You know, it it would be amazing to have that dedicated netball facility with really great spectator kind of viewing, and just somewhere that we can base ourselves. Um, so that is something that I'm going to look at going forwards. Um, we mentioned a little bit before when we were chatting before this, one of the other projects that I did before I got this role was doing a big facilities review for the Sports Commission. So I've got to go along and see a lot of the different sports facilities and maybe start to keep a little bit of a mental list of what I would be looking for in a netball venue. Um, so I I can use some of that and bring that into the netball role.
0: Just finally, you mentioned your rugby as well before. Uh, How are you going to balance that this season?
5: Yeah, Okay. Well, for me, it's worked out kind of okay because we haven't got the Panthers season going ahead, which is obviously a real shame. But it means that I've not had to make that really tricky decision of deciding which fixtures I'm going to go to because there's no way I could be doing you know, netball one day and then rugby the next day. So this season, um, I'm really excited to get stuck into the rugby. We've got our first away game on the 26th i think on the sunday so yeah i'm really excited to to do that and have some away games again and it normally tends to work out okay that i can balance rugby training during the week and netball training so yeah
0: yeah, you'll be busy fantastic <laughs> very
5: busy <laughs>
0: <laughs> well best of luck with the rugby and of course with the netball as well thanks for coming in and telling us about it
5: thank you very much guys
0: Guernsey's new Netball Development Officer, Amy Fallys, uh, speaking to us there. Rob, great to see this role finally come to fruition.
1: Yeah, um, and it was good to hear Amy speaking so enthusiastically about this really key role for one of the island's big sports historically. Um, It's not been in great shape in recent years. I think um, if it had been, the Guernsey Sports Commission wouldn't have stepped in, as they did, um, to force changes, which we all know, which have not gone down too well in every quarter. Um, But it was necessary, and I think Amy, with her background, um, for those who don't know, is... Colin Bigfowl Fallows is her father. Um, she's got obviously got a lot of of Colin's attitude and determination and enthusiasm for things. And she's obviously a very good um, talker, and um, she seems very persuasive. And I think she'll um, she'll do well. We she the sport needed somebody with a bit of zest. And new blood to come in new ideas, and I think, with the backing of like Sir Jeremy Frith, the Sports Commission um, and the sports commission lending their weight behind the whole project, I think um, there 's hope for netball to be um, to turn around it 's a tricky one because we asked her there about um, the, the results for jersey because let 's face it um, at senior terms we 've been a million miles away from them in recent years. Team jets have just flown over the horizon, and we 're nowhere near that level. But do we want to get? Do we want to strive for elitism in netball, or do we want to look to just be a successful um, sport in general um, and just bringing the numbers through? I think it's probably um, somewhere in between. I I doubt if we've the way Guernsey netball has shaped up over a long period. Whether we've got this, the the um, the the character, it's not in us. I don't think to 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 replicate what team jets are and their really cutthroat nature to preparing netball, netballers where they really grab talent from a very young, young age and bring them through um, we take a softer approach and i think that's probably probably the better way but i do think we need to up our standards in terms of actual performance because uh, the results have proved that in recent years
0: yeah, we'll be following Amy's progress closely. I'll hopefully catch up with her when she's got her feet under the table a bit more. She's only been in the in the role for a month. So we'll, um, yeah, as I say, follow follow her progress closely and, and catch up with her in due course, I'm sure. Uh, Jamie, let's have a quick look out to the weekend. It is a big one for triathlon here and in Jersey.
2: Um, yes. So locally, we've got the Granite Man, which is an unfortunate story. A couple of weeks back when competitors were lined up and... Almost ready to go. It was a bit foggy. Uh, It eventually regressed to being a duathlon because of a wise organisational decision. And then it regressed to just being postponed for two weeks because you could not see anything on the bike.
0: Yeah, expecting as many on the start line as there would have been two weeks ago.
2: Um, There has been a reduction in numbers. Um, An interesting twist is that since they've moved the event, uh, James Travers can actually make the start line. He's kind of our top domestic triathlete by form aside from josh lewis obviously but he's based in the uk so yeah that will be an interesting mix-up to the men's race yeah
0: you mentioned josh lewis there he's just off the back of a great result in in england and and something which has sets him up perfectly for next year
2: well he was calling that the result of his career really and i mean he's won the island games he got a great win over the half ironman distance earlier this year He's obviously in great form. He actually had a head-to-head with Jersey's Oli Turner in that race. Again, that's someone who's going to be competing at Super League. We'll see how he gets on. He's obviously improved and learned a lot since last time.
0: Yeah, Josh goes up against uh, Ollie Turner from Jersey again this weekend in Jersey and, crucially, some of the best triathletes in the world at Super League Triathlon. Um, I caught up with him um, just to find out how uh, much he enjoyed the result of the weekend at Mallory Park and to find out how he's feeling ahead of this big second outing at Super League in St. Helier. We can come on to Super League in a moment, but probably best to touch on what happened at the weekend, Josh, because it sounded like everything came together very nicely and sort of mission accomplished on that side of things in terms of your season.
6: Yeah, really pleased to be able to put a decent race together for once. And uh, yeah, uh, like I've been waiting all season for that kind of race and to do it on one of the last ones was, uh, yeah, I was over the moon, to be honest.
0: Fantastic. And that secures Commonwealth Games qualification for next year?
6: Yeah, yeah. that uh, Well, in theory, um, so I think I'll have to be... Put through the Commonwealth Games Commission uh, just to like verify it and things, but yeah, that does meet the criteria for Commonwealth Games.
0: Take us inside your kind of emotions then, coming off the back of that, then, because obviously a lot of hard work uh, this summer and and I suppose over the winter as well, and yeah, for for it to to sort of be all clinched as you say at the kind of almost the last moment, that must be a big relief.
6: <laughs> yeah, I didn't realise how much of a relief it was going to be to be honest, because I think like, I. I was just trying to keep my head and keep like relaxed and kind of focused on the task, but at the same time knew that if I could just deliver what I was capable of, then it should be okay. So I kind of went through the whole season just having that faith, but didn't really realize the pressure that, that was building up until after the race and the kind of relief afterwards when I was on the phone to my parents and just just shared a little tear and uh, <laughs> and yeah I think it was a massive relief to be honest and I was just like really happy with the performance and the fact that I've managed to do
0: it. Oh well congratulations uh, must uh, put a real spring into your step then heading over to Jersey this weekend.
6: Yeah I think I just need to kind of repeat the performance uh, in terms of execution and I'll, I'll have well the best race that i can um whether or not that will compare or um be able to be competitive in that pro field um, i hope so but who knows
0: this is your second time um taking part in super league jersey and, and for, for those who haven't um sort of seen the event there it is it's such a kind of high budget high sort of uh, production value high spectacle event and as you say you know a, a world-class field um how much some learning do you take from that last experience into this weekend?
6: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't. I don't think you can have any kind of flaws or uh, any mistakes in the race um, itself because everyone just doesn't doesn't make them essentially because they're the best in the world. So you've just got to make sure that you're on your on on the ball um, and make sure that you do the best that you can. Um, Otherwise, you're kind of out the race pretty quickly in that respect. So yeah, I'll just go and um, try and be as prepared as I can be in terms of all of the small things. Make sure I can get my shoes on and off quickly, (laughs) and transitions are quick. But other than that, yeah, just do what I can.
0: It looks like a slightly different format to previous years. I think it's just one one race on the Saturday, so it's sort of one shot. Yeah, what's your what's going to be your mindset when you're on that start line?
6: um that's just hard from the gun um but also try and just keep relaxed If you start panicking then you've got the issue that you're starting to make mistakes so i'm just going to try and keep my head keep focused and just do everything i can as as well as i can um like in terms of the actual speed within the disciplines themselves that will take care of itself uh it's just the execution um in 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 and around those disciplines. From a sort of British
0: triathlon perspective, uh, obviously it was such an exciting and and uh, fantastic Olympic Games in Tokyo, and a few of those guys will be uh, be there in Jersey. I mean, just what what's it like to to be sort of rubbing shoulders with them and, and and being on the same start line?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard and overwhelmed by that, but at the same time, you've just got to. You've because and i think more so for me it's it's more exciting to spend time outside of the race with them um and kind of learn what they've been doing or learn kind of how they approach the race and spend some time with them to get that experience and i think that's the big way that i can take from um being in the super league setup is just being around these guys um so yeah, i think going to the zoo with hayden and, and alex this afternoon which would be nice uh and just hang out with them basically
0: p- picking their brains over at the meerkat enclosure
6: exactly that yeah <laughs> Thank yeah you very much.
0: awesome well b- best of luck at super league and uh yeah we'll look forward to see how you go
6: <laughs> cheers speak to you soon
0: Josh Lewis speaking to me there. Best of luck uh, to him over in Jersey this weekend. And I suppose best of luck to everyone taking part in the Granite Man. Let's hope it gets on uh, without any disruption or fog or wind or whatever the elements can throw at them on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, Gareth, where are you going to be this weekend?
3: Um, it's going to be a bit of a repeat for me, Tony. I'm back at um, Foot for the um, for the second round of the hockey fixtures. Uh, college uh, out for the first time this season. They're playing Casuals on Saturday morning, and then um, Indies will have a will have a pretty tough game, I'd have thought, against the Yobos who. Um, who've got some decent players on their side, so I wouldn't be surprised if they gave the, the champions a run for their money. Um, but obviously, while that one's going on, I'll also be having one eye on Twitter, see how Raiders getting on against Dings. Cause, I mean, it'll be a tough one for Raiders. It's, it's a long trip for them. They fly out red-eye to Southampton and take the drive up to Bristol, play the game. If, they're, if they've got enough time, they'll have a shower before getting back on the bus to make it back for the um, plane back, but... Um, It'll be all worthwhile if they manage to get another win.
0: Yeah, if they can get one more win out of those two um, more away games to come before their first home game, that would, would represent pretty good business, wouldn't it? And uh, we'd see them coming back here in in yeah, good shape and good spirits, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, we'll follow that one closely. Right, great stuff, guys. Thanks very much. Cheers, Tony. We'll see you next Thanks, week. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony.